0: He with a quick swing pass. It's Keith Mitchell at the sideline across midfield. It's a foot race. And Keith Mitchell has gone. And Hooker can't take a sack. Double clutches, Throws. It is caught. Do they get the timeout? Crew McCoy. All kinds of time. Gonna take a shot, deep middle. It is caught! Hello, everybody. We're back with Burning the Red Shirt Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Town. And with me is just Andrew today. This is our first um, pod in a while, just me and you. Excuse me, excuse <clears> me the some the combination first ever otherwise.
1: Burning the Red Shirt pod was just me and you. So. Is it the first Burning the Red Shirt pod? The, fir- the first ever one was me and you.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I know we've done one before, but it's it's been yeah. a while. Um, <clears throat> so, Wolf, I guess first off, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm currently. I'm trying to figure out if Jake Hayner's back because I just got a notification that like some Action Network guy bet the over in that game, and mm. I, I would I, if it was with purposeful intent, I would I would take that because it's low. Um, but I'm not finding anything, so we can scrap that for now. Well,
0: I just want everybody to know Chris couldn't be here. He had some. Uh, I'm not going to disclose exactly what had he had. He had a procedure done, and I'll just kind of tell everybody expect him to be. Like Joe Buck when he comes back, his voice is going to be, <laughs> is going to be next level. Um, but seriously though, Chris couldn't be with us today for that reason. So it's just me and Andrew. Um, but I want to jump in to kind of recap a little bit of week eight, and we can jump into week nine. But um, some of the big teams, you know, Ohio State rolled Iowa, um, Tennessee did what they th- did against UT Martin. The one that was really like blew my mind I didn't watch it but I saw the score like Syracuse Clemson Syracuse dominated that game for the most part right until the end so Clemson pulls it out 27 21 um Alabama wins their 36 against Mississippi State Ole Miss what do you think about Ole Miss do you think do you think they're legitimate and they just had a bad game or do you think this was kind of like this was coming
1: I was unable to do much CF, even less CFBing than I usually do during the day on Saturday. I was mm-hmm. totally like, uh, just detached from college football uh, from like eleven and change until about six o'clock. Right. But so I, I wasn't able to follow the LSU Ole Miss game. The bits and pieces I was able to catch of things basically collaborate collaborate with the overall results of my day from a fantasy perspective to just leave me with a horrific taste in my mouth about that, that college football day in general, Schley yeah. getting scratched at like 1155. I got him out of all my lineups, uh, but it's still, it's still annoying at it because he would have gone for 50 against that against the Akron's whatever, if you want to call it defense or whatever, Zach <laughs> Evans, I, I, I Evan, so that i guess incidentally it brings us back to the game that you actually want to discuss evans that like his scratch was one of those post post-game bullshit announcer call outs right where the where you you just there's a, a little one sentence thing of like uh, evans might be limited today because of a knee injury and then you know as soon as that comes out he's not seeing any, he's me and you are getting as close to the field as he is yeah uh, right? and i think that was like a post 330 uh blurb or whatever so that was really helpful and insightful not that I would have had the ability to make a change because I, I just wasn't I was just not uh on my phone for most of the day but it's still annoying and it's frustrating right just taking yeah. zeros all over the place there
0: yeah so it's funny that you say like I I've actually watched very little like full games this year there's a couple games where I've sat down and actually sat and watched the yeah. games, but um, I've kind of jumped in and out of games. Like, I got so much stuff going on. But um, I saw the Alabama, a little bit of the Alabama game. Um, like, Ole Miss, as a matter of fact, I think they were winning like 20 to 7 at one point. And then they got shellacked 45 to 20. Yeah, right?
1: it was. I think it was, I saw it was 17 to 3 and they lost 45 20. It was basically, <clears throat> uh, it's good that we can talk about this now, the, uh, the uh, Power Five equivalent of. When our boys ah, finished yeah. on the field and, and, uh, can stay up 28, seven and lost, uh, 52, 31. Right. So I also want to it- throw
0: this out there. Jared put a thing out there earlier that says Quan Finn is QB one in total points. Hey, I don't care how he configured it. Like never in doubt. Right. Like that was, <laughs> that was going to happen. Um, but no, all seriousness though. Um, yeah, I actually had a, a pretty rough week this week or this past week. Yeah, I think he went, he had three total touchdowns, but he threw one and threw four picks, so that wasn't the best. But anyway, let's move on. Um, TCU another win, seven and zero. The the Sunny Dykes collapse has not happened yet. It's not begun they tried yet. They
1: so hard, though. Did you? <laughs> so, anytime that that a game is played in the night slate, I'm more likely to have a, pul- a pulse on it. Mm. And did you follow that game at all? They were getting killed, and then. Yeah, I did see. I mean, guys. I check scores. Yeah. Adrian Martinez gets hurt, Vaughn gets dinged up. I think one of their best defenders gets hurt as well. Um, and then Howard gets hurt as well. And <laughs> they had to bring in that, that dude Rubley, who was like a heralded recruit and is never like he's never seen the field in any circumstance other than this, apparently. Uh that I guess he's just gonna be a four star that that's wasted by that program. But um th- that was a gift. Like they had <laughs> they had no business winning that. So the I, I still have faith in the collapse. Uh it can maybe it happens as early as this week, right? They're only four and a half point favorites in Morgantown. Obviously, West Virginia looked like total trash at Tech, but <laughs> right. it's the big twelve. Every yeah. it's every week is a new season. Every game is a carnival. Exactly. Uh, you
0: actually I don't know if it was the last pod I heard you say that. That wasn't on yeah. I, I think that's what you said. It was like every week it's it's a it's a it's a toss up. It feels like every every game is a toss up. Um carnival, I think it is what you said. Um the last one I want to talk about, like Oregon-UCLA. That was the, the big Pac-12 matchup, and Oregon handled business. So what do we think about Oregon? And I want to jump to a scenario, but after you talk about Oregon.
1: Does your scenario involve Oregon somehow getting in the playoff over and Georgia not? Because Well, uh, do I, we I, need to rewind I, 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 well, we week no, one and talk no, no, about how that went down?
0: No, no, well, it's part of, part of that. But I want to hear your thoughts of, like, do you think Oregon's a legit team or not?
1: They're good, yeah. Do you think I mean, them
0: beating UCLA is a big deal, or do you think it's just that was just the best opponent they could face in the Pac twelve? Yeah. Like
1: it's just not it's not it's just not slipping up. I mean it's a good yeah, one, but yeah. yeah. Like, All right, up, so
0: then I guess I'll just propose this doomsday scenario. Doomsday playoff scenario. I was thinking about it today. So let's assume and I, I hate to do this to you, but let's assume Tennessee handles business and wins out. Let's just assume they beat Georgia, right? So now Tennessee plays against Alabama in the SEC title game, right? Alabama wins. You have Alabama.
1: Hold on. Your scenario involves Tennessee. Tennessee beating Tennessee. Georgia. When I'm there, you think
0: that that's going to – I didn't say be- I think it happened. I'm, I'm asking what you think. With how this would play out.
1: You're, there's a lot of assumptions going on with this.
0: Exactly. But it's very possible it could happen, whether you want to believe it or not.
1: The look, look-ahead line is 11.5 presently. Is so, it really? Yeah.
0: All right. So let's say Tennessee Beach, Georgia, goes to the SEC title, loses to Bama, and now you have three one-loss SEC teams. All three are in. <laughs> but you have an undefeated TCU and an undefeated Clemson. And Oregon out there with the one loss. Do they put? Do, do they do they knock out any of those undefeated? Oh, and Ohio State's also undefeated.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're in.
0: So, who is in and who's
1: not? We are, well, everyone loves Ohio State, right? Right. They, I mean, they're so in. They're in. Um, did you say Clemson's undefeated? Yep. They're presumably they're getting into right yep. reputation, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Um, TCU is cool. undefeated. Tennessee won the SEC. No, in this a- Alabama wins the SEC. Alabama won the SEC. That's. Did you make this one up? Or, yeah, uh, I made it up because all three Alabama, Georgia, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tennessee you to, would have you a loss. Had to, you had to make it as mind-bending as possible. Exactly. Right? Yeah.
0: So you have TCU, Clemson, Ohio State, all three undefeated, and then all three SEC teams with a loss, and then Oregon has the Pac-12 championship. What a loss to Georgia!
1: Amazon, you know Amazon, in and in that's. I would
0: like to think so because they won the <laughs> SEC.
1: <laughs> well, but... there's still liking the, the, you know, like just think about it. They they have won, they have one loss and they won the SEC championship, right? No, the resume with, is... and yes. the most important point in that scenario, the other SEC teams also have one loss, so right. they're getting in.
0: Yeah. And then, so... so your
1: scenario is really TCU versus Georgia and Tennessee.
0: But it would then go to Tennessee, right? In that scenario, like the tiebreaker between Tennessee Georgia would. Be- I think
1: it would actually go to TCU.
0: You think so? So they would leave Tennessee and Georgia out.
1: Yeah, I, I think, think you so. got to
0: put the undefeated teams in, right?
1: Yeah, TCU. <laughs> they played that really tough non-conference schedule, right? Of uh, SMU, Tarleton State, and Colorado. Mm-hmm. So you got to respect that. You got to right? respect the grind. What? But you don't prefer the scenario where. Exactly the, the the die is cast how you uh, the the cards lay how you play it out right mm-hmm. but all three SEC teams get in and Ohio State and we say fuck Clemson fuck DCO. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm I'm posing the question because Clemson hasn't looked all that convincing in really any of their games.
1: No, dude, they're such a fraud. They're such
0: frauds. So I'm, I'm I'm raising the question because if that were to happen and the committee gets in there and they say they watch all these games and stuff. If they, if they truly do that, I don't know how you could pick Clemson over Tennessee, Georgia, or Alabama. So
1: We're we're not going to lean into this contrived thing that, that that people do where they give any credence to guidelines, to parameters that the the committee, that like those, those people who just sit on this board and get in a room, like they, there's no rules for what they do. They just do. They they decide the teams they want, and then they retcon the guidelines to fit those every single year. Oh. So I'm not going to play that game where I try and pretend that there's any real rules. It's it's just whatever fits their agenda. And then I agree with that. that.
0: I agree with that. I I do want. I would love to hear the the reasoning. Just even if it's bullshit. Just to hear, like, oh well, you know, we we picked Clemson because they didn't lose a game, even though they were in a lot of close games. All yeah. that's
1: all. So i I appreciate that people care about that kind of stuff in CFB, and like, mm-hmm. there some people gravitate to CFB, I think, because of the arguments that, yeah, and the the debates, the debates that you yeah. have surrounding it. But that is not the the part of CFB that I enjoy, and I feel like it's just causing undue stress for yourself. <laughs> uh, so. I don't know. It's I, what it, people
0: love, Andrew. Come on.
1: It's not for me. It's I not know. the things, it's not the part parts of CSB that yeah. I love.
0: All right. So, I'm going to twist it just a little bit. Ask you one more question. Let's say TCU collapses. They're out, right? And the Big 12 champ is one lost team, whatever. But Oregon wins out. Do they put Oregon in over those two SEC teams? Uh, that one's so much
1: better, right? Because right, right. how can you put Oregon over Georgia? Fuck out of here!
0: But then at the same time, Tennessee. If you put them in over Georgia, how are you going to put them in over Tennessee, who beat Georgia in that scenario? It's
1: forty nine to three. So <laughs> I got that. I understand.
0: I understand that. But at the end of the day, like they're presumably going to have to beat USC, right? So,
1: well, the, me and uh, my like-minded folk are rooting very much for Utah to uh, to rise to the top here with our us with our five to one Pac-12 uh, Utah tickets. Whoever they got to beat,
0: they got to beat somebody good. Yeah. Um. So like their resume after the first game is going to look pretty decent. I would think. It's all just. It's gonna it's gonna go to shit because I feel like. What's gonna happen is Ohio State's gonna be undefeated. Yeah. Alabama's gonna win out. Georgia's gonna beat Tennessee, most likely. Mm-hmm. And Bama's gonna be man, I'm not gonna say they're gonna beat Georgia. I think that's gonna be a, a good but the winner of that game is in. And I just I don't know. I think if if it's if it's Georgia, Alabama, Georgia wins, Alabama's not in. They'll have two losses. Um this really comes down to then Oregon, I guess, could be in. Yeah. Because then th- they'd be the four seed. Oregon would just slide right into the four. Georgia probably finishes as the <laughs> two behind Ohio State.
1: I do actually think that uh, that Georgia is very vulnerable, specifically against Tennessee. The mm-hmm. defense is not last year's defense. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. And... The offense since Ad Mitchell has gone banged up, like so. He, statistically, it's kind of whatever. But dude makes plays; he's a proper X. And when he's out, one of two things has to happen: either we put in like Rosemary Jack saying at the X, and then the X is worthless, and or we shift people around in the positions they're uncomfortable with. But regardless, taking him away, it's not like with Tennessee when. Tillman is out and you just have Brew and Hyatt go nuclear. That's not the way that George's <laughs> just passing attack really works. Like, right. yes, Bowers can still do his thing and he's going to have blow up games. But outside of him, no one else on that offense is going to go out and create, right. right? They take it. I think that the offense from a passing perspective takes advantage of the fact that when AD on the field, you have to respect him. Bowers is incredible. And that and everyone else as a result can kind of capitalize by being third and fourth options. Right. Uh, so. Like we did this, la- we do this every year. We as mm-hmm. in Georgia uh from like with respect to injuries and injury recoveries, everyone's week to week the entire year. And then magically kind of potentially they return at some point, but 80 has been week to week. It feels like for like a month and a half at this point. And the, uh, the offense, the passing game has dipped very, very noticeably in conjunction with his injury. And that's what I chalk it up to. So that, and additionally, just the defense, like it's not, we're like last in the nation in sacks or some shit, which I think is like there's a lot of noise probably in that statistic, but at the same time, like with all the talent we lost, Jalen Carter not being on the field really at all, like it's not last year's defense. And even last year's defense struggled with Tennessee for the first half of that game, and then, we yeah, we pulled away. But I don't know. It's going to be an amazing game. So
0: Tennessee, it doesn't matter who they play, they're going to put a lot of stress on whatever defense face. Yeah. Just that offense. I mean, you, did you hear the comments Saban made about when they when Tennessee got on the goal line and lined up in the I formation? Did you hear this? No. He says, "Tennessee got on the goal, on the 1-yard line, lined up in an I formation, and my defense didn't know what to do. They had never <laughs> they had never seen an I formation." And I thought how much the game has changed for Nick Saban's defense to have never seen an I formation. Like he's like they didn't know what to do. Like if you go back and watch, they're like pointing everywhere, like like who to who to get, you know, what, what gap to get, and like the guy just walks in. I think they handed it to the fullback, and he just like I feel like Tennessee is such a good offense. They have a they have a, a good enough offense to win it all. It's a matter of can Tennessee can their defense hold up and can it create turnovers, which I think it can. If you score enough points, you don't need them to be lights out. You just need them to be competent.
1: Stat, stat nerds are talking about Tennessee, Kentucky this week. Like mm-hmm. they're from a matchup perspective. And it could all Tennessee
0: be a sport. moot point when Tennessee loses this week. Kentucky. But you know.
1: Yeah. Last, dude, Last year's Tennessee, Kentucky game was wild. I don't know if you remember yeah. it all. It was like, it was one of those games that like started at seven 30 on like SEC network and went for like four and a half hours. It was <laughs> like, it was amazing. Just tons of scoring. I, mm. Like the, the final score of the game, I feel like was like 60 to 50 or some shit. But um. Yeah, that could be a fun interesting game uh this this week too.
0: Yeah, I, I just I want I was thinking about those scenarios and I thought, you know, it's it's kind of a weird year because like TCU, nobody expected them to be worth 7 and up. Um, Ohio State you know, assumes they're just going to win on Um, Tennessee Tennessee's kind of the 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 wrinkle in the whole thing. Nobody expected Tennessee to be great. They expected them to be you said fun, yeah,
1: fun, exactly.
0: But nobody really expected them to be a legitimate contender. Um, well, yeah. By the way, the Kentucky Tennessee was 45-40. Same thing. Um. But we'll move on. Let's move to this week's week nine games. Um, and of course, this week begins the weekday action. Andrew, our
1: favorite. I'll yes. let you I'll
0: let you take the floor here.
1: So we we don't we want to be ahead of the curve, right? We don't want to be lagging behind here, at, right. at burning the red shirt, right? We are we are first movers. We are ground shakers. We are, are shifting the paradigm. So mm-hmm. fuck week nine or ten or whatever we're on. It's action time. Let's fucking talk about <laughs> it. From mm-hmm. it, from both. Like I'm excited, obviously, because now I have an excuse to rock drinks on like a Tuesday or Wednesday, whereas normally that's like, all right, let's recover and look forward to like saturday but now i don't know i think that we can kind of, i think we just all have to power through on our 27 day bender that's about to kick off here
0: so my i want to correct something so this is week nine week 10 is the beginning of week action go on
1: yeah, yeah i said one or the other yeah I gave, yeah
0: that was we, my fault but anyway
1: no i think we i mean we can maybe we just change the pod name to directionally accurate or something <laughs> so we're not, right, right um we're, we're gearing up from action either. I, I've been strategically from a fantasy perspective trying to add some uh, players to my fantasy rosters for the match and stretch stretch run. Thinking back to last year, how we saw so many fantasy playoff games decided by like Tuesday and Wednesday. It's like shit to my opponent had two guys play on Tuesday and Wednesday <laughs> night. And now I'm, da- now I'm down a hundred to, 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 to nothing. Right. So I want to mm-hmm. be on the right side of that. And I've been trying to, just add some guys, whether it be upfront from a drafting perspective or, uh, in, in the season as well. So I, I, um, I would say like, now it's really your last chance, right. Going into, going into week nine, uh, a lot of these teams are off. So people are probably not per- looking to add matching guys now so much as they will next week. So if you can get ahead of things going into this week, um, uh, use a bench spot on someone who has a lot of upside going into the fantasy playoffs. I think it's a good move. Um, but I think, I mean, what'll be fun for me at least, which is obviously the the point of this, uh, is kind of just running through each team and thinking about what we can, what we can look and should look to expect, uh, in the next few weeks for them. Fucking Buffalo, dude. They're out (laughs) here trying to ruin my day with my, my Kent state, uh, tickets which like I'm looking at the uh the Mackey standings right now in Kent State's two and two, but there's a path there for us to to get to back to the, the Mac championship. The the schedule for Kent State's very nice and soft for the next three weeks with EMU, Ball State and uh Bowling Green. We go three and zero. Buffalo loses one of their next three and then it's we play for all the marbles in, in Buffalo. Which by the weekly. way, like Buffalo 13. Buffalo lost their first three and they've won five in a row. It makes zero zero sense. Yeah. They lost to holy cross. Right. And so I've been trying to do just insert some buffalo guys in different lineups and I it is impossible to figure out if they're going to be pass heavy or run heavy one week to the and even if you guess it right trying to figure out which player from a receiver perspective or a, if or a, a running back perspective who's going to go off they have so many options and they're not it's not I'm not saying they're not one of those teams where they run out 15 different receivers and it's like, Oh, I got to try guess like that. It's not even that it's like just picking between three or four, like where I'm just trying to start one. I, I don't know. I've like, I tried to go with Quinon Williams at, at times and then dude, like he just will oh, catch one or two passes. And then uh, like maybe Mike Washington against uh, Massachusetts coming off a three touchdown <laughs> and he goes for like 50 yards and Ron Cook goes for, goes for three scores. So I don't know. I feel like I'm never going to guess right with Buffalo. So I have, I, when I've been thinking about just gearing up from action, I've kind of veered away from them just because I don't want to, I don't want to guess wrong and then be in trouble. Um, Ohio is there's so much fun this year. Right. Um, And we had a window into this and I think we all kind of dismissed it in that um, in Mike's in the CFF site discord, I think our boy, CFB Winning Edge, Nicholas Ian Allen. He dropped into uh, just a note in there in like mid July, mid June or something that Ohio had hired away an air raid uh, dude from Washington State to just come in and kind of in in, in an assistant offensive assistant type role. You're
0: like an analyst
1: and, kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. I think a little more than that, but yeah, like. Maybe we should have given a little more credence to that. Uh, and the effect that it would have on an offense that in previous years was super run heavy. Bangura is obviously still awesome, but Rourke and the passing game are really carrying the day for this team. And I don't know how many of us actually saw that coming into this year.
0: I uh We had a, I, a question last week, like um what's the like the I don't remember the exact word? What's the likelihood that Rourke finishes QB1? Is
1: that actually possible?
0: I mean, I guess it's possible. I mean, his his number is 2,400 yards, 16 TDs. Um, the rushing would have to pick up, and I think that's exactly yeah. what Chris said. Rushing would have to pick up. But
1: he's, yeah, he's, he's going to have some amazing weeks in Maction, too.
0: I think he was, like what Chris said, it was like QB 15 or 16, depending on how you score it. But even then, like he was going undrafted in balls. People, yeah. people have him and now they're they're probably sitting at the top of their league. Mainly because of him. Um, him. Yeah, I mean, Ohio is definitely fun. They they definitely score points. That's always fun, especially when it comes to Mac.
1: Yeah. Bangura has been really good. His numbers, if you're just trying to like look at a game blog or whatever, they definitely dip as he was getting over injury earlier on in the year, but he's been super good and consistent since conference play picked up and wiggles is awesome um the receiver like i tried to grab
0: him in dynasty and i think i bid like 25 dollars. somebody bid some
1: stupid yeah our our boy brandon got him and then I, i i snuck him into my jsn offer i was like you know what i'm paying a first for jsn let me get wiggles too um and he after he accepted like yesterday i i got him from him on like saturday morning and then he, yesterday he's like i didn't even notice you snuck wiggles in there i was like i know
0: <laughs> yeah, got you, dude the old patented andrew offer yeah
1: that's i uh but awesome. i I've, I've been grabbing him in some places like, like the he gets so many targets every week i i and while the average line kind of shakes down to like okay 7 for 70 in a score in some midweek action that could couldn't that turn into 10 150 and two i think it could so he's probably not out there at this point in, in many, if any leagues, but right. I'm so excited to see what he does uh, in the middle of the upcoming weeks.
0: Yeah. So, all right. So we're going to stay in the East there, bowling green, like they have to be the most boring team that. I,
1: I've long been a Matt McDonald sympathizer and he right. both, both the last, both the last two years, I feel like he's popped for a random 50 point game or two mm-hmm. But it's been like more non-conference uh, where he's done it, uh, and, and maybe not, and not in the fancy playoffs. So, yeah, yes, he was god awful his first year at Bowling and Green, but I chalked that up personally to a shoulder injury that I think has largely been uh, overcome. And, I, I mean, I probably won't be looking to, to insert him into <laughs> any of my lineups. And, overall, I think that we're probably – like, that of all the teams, they're probably the least interesting uh, or one of the least interesting. Like, there's no player that really stands out. So, right. we can kind of gloss over them.
0: Yeah, they lost to Buffalo 38-7. Ooh. At home. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, I guess then you want to go talk about – who's next? I think in the East, I guess.
1: Kent State, there's like nothing really to talk about in the sense that it's four players and they're all owned, right? It's, uh, it's your boy Cooper, Schley, and the two wide receivers Walker and it's in their own too. So there's, I don't know, there's not. Poke all of a sudden is back on the field after being hurt for most of the year and he's been getting some targets. So maybe from a desperation. What's perspective,
0: fun. About them is like, it's so predictable. Like you said those four guys. Yeah. And every time you, even if you're not watching the game, check the box score, it's just like clockwork. All right. Cooper's Amazing. got 130 yards. Yeah. Uh, Cephas has his four catches for 150 touchdown. Like it's just, it, it's almost predictable. Like if you saw the score is 28 to 10 in you state, you're like, all right, well this guy's probably got some... like, it's, it's very rarely some other guy. Right. It's, so that's that's good in a fantasy perspective because you. It's great. It's, it's great, exactly yeah. what we want. Um,
1: but not too much for this thought exercise. But <laughs> right, right. Um, Miami, Ohio. So you so, did you Four see Boston. Gabbard came back? Gabbard decided he wanted to play football again after wearing a sling for the last six weeks, and everybody <laughs> kind of just running with the idea that he's out for the year. Did you see this? No. Yeah, he came back last week, so Gabbard is back. The offense didn't do very well. Um. And even with Gabbert back, hip and hammer still is not really doing a ton, but like what happened? Maybe, like, I, don't I don't know. This was I, all over him. I don't think hip and hammer is available in any competitive leagues. And presumably he's been added with Gabbert coming back. If, but if, he, if some, if he was dropped, I mean, it would make, he's been awful. So I guess it's not possible. <laughs> right? so if he's available, I would snag him, uh, as the, what presumably like the number one in that offense. But, uh, there's the argument, right? That, I mean, Gabbard, like every picture you saw of him since the injury was his arm in a sling, right? So presumably maybe that they, maybe they, they rushed him back in and he didn't play great in his first game, but maybe he's just kind of getting ready for action and he starts to put it together.
0: I was just looking at the numbers, like the whole team has 107 receptions for the whole year, 107 in what, eight games yeah, not great. That seems, even if a guy had half of the uh, receptions, that's still right. not great. Um, yeah, but yeah, like you say, with Gabbert back, maybe they kind of pick it up toward the play. The they don't have a week. A Saturday at, at Akron starts
1: eight, nice. the following nice. Tuesday. Yeah,
0: that's that's why I was confused because week. Technically, we're in week nine. The maxion would start in week 10, but we won't right. pod, we won't pod before maxion.
1: The whole thing's very confusing. Yeah.
0: So, all right, there's Miami of Ohio and the last
1: team, Akron. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> I would argue they're the most competent one-win team I've seen in a while. They're in every game. They do good things offensively. They move the ball. Defense could use some help uh <laughs> i think we talked about them.
0: this like back months ago we're talking they're gonna be terrible but
1: they're not i don't think they're terrible though they're in every single game defensively gaming. I mean. yeah 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 but when like i bet them over two and a half wins uh, and it's probably not happening but you'd think a, a break would eventually go their way but it just doesn't they lose yeah. every game barely it seems like
0: irons yeah. irons is pretty good he's so hot and cold though
1: Dude, he, he's amazing in the sense that, like, he everything the team does is through him. It's great. It's right. exactly what you want. So, except touchdowns, he doesn't get in the end zone right. very often. Yeah, he had some amazing stat line like two or three games ago, where he, he threw over sixty passes, threw for four hundred yards, and didn't have a passing touchdown.
0: <laughs> that seems like but, a team that gets down inside the five ten yard line and just freezes, doesn't know what.
1: Yeah, the the adage that uh the red zone is where you really learn about a team and a quarterback in particular is so true. Uh, but if he's, I mean, just from like a floor perspective, if I'm struggling, trying to figure out what to do with a quarterback with bye weeks or injuries or whatever, he's a great option. And I've been, I've been rolling out um, my boy Shockey in some leaks too. Yeah. It seems like there are two to three receivers on that team that can pop any given week, but Shockey's always going to get targets. So, but the problem I have in so many of my league, not so many, but in my dynasty leagues is we're talking about rosters that are 35 to 50 to 60 players deep, and I can never figure out how to, who to start. Um, it's just not my my best skill. I don't have good process uh, in it, and I'm always deciding between like 10 got plus guys in my in my flexes. So what I've been gravitating t- toward the last few weeks is guys like Shockey, guys like Keaton, who I know are getting 10 targets. And I'm probably compromising some ceiling, but I know I'm probably – I'm getting 10, 15 points as a floor. And, again, like, if we see and shoot out, Shockey's ceiling is insane, right? If he gets 10 to 15 catches, uh, goes over 100 yards and scores, why not? Let's do it. Right.
0: All right, well, let's move to the other side of the, the uh, back. And we'll start Toledo's at the top. Quan Finn. Um, he's been – Honestly, he's been better than I thought he would be. I, I jokingly said, oh, he's my guy. Like, like, really, I thought he'll be my second best, third best option. He's been my most consistent option. Even on a bad game, he still had three. Last week. He's plays. great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the problem with Toledo, though, is the the running back room. Like, you have no idea who's, who's getting carries that week. Like, Finn's
1: consistent, but it's mm-hmm. like.
0: Kelly Boone Stewart who
1: I was about to add Stewart this week when I saw he again went for over 100 yeah. yards and I am nervous that he fumbled lost two fumbles in that game and there's nothing that tells me they're going to stick with him and not just go to one of the other guys like I could easily be taking like sub two points right if I roll him out there so I, I grabbed Logan Diggs instead I'll nerd him and I'll just yeah. go with him because I feel a little more confident about definitive trending direction there uh yeah. my boy newton on yeah. uh I was on just about Toledo. dude he's the he's the dude he's the the he is the matt landers this year he's going to have some big maction weeks
0: oh yeah that's fantastic i hope i hope finn has six touchdowns every week and, <laughs> and then i ride off into the sunset um but no seriously like they don't throw a lot of passes yeah Um, it just seems like the ones that they do throw, there's a lot of big plays. A lot of their... Like, if I'm looking at all the receivers, if I go down, like, what their longest reception is, 43, 41, 28, 69, 39, 50, 28, 20... Like, this is all the receivers down the list of what their longest reception. And some of those guys only have four catches, five catches, 15 catches. Like, they hit big plays and... Just give a steady dose of running the ball with whoever's running. That's that's great for me. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. All right, so we'll move off Toledo. Um, now we're getting into like. So East Toledo plays hate, this. week. I hate all these teams. Toledo plays Eastern Michigan this Saturday. They play the eighth. Their first weekday game will this coming week. Um, Eastern Michigan. I'll let you pick who you want to talk about because I hate them all.
1: So I started in 50 team league i i scra- I, didn't, I didn't pay the amount of time i didn't pay attention to the i didn't allocate the amount of time that i should have to figuring out quarterback in that league this week because i started off with Chandler Morris we could see how that went great great call andrew um and then i went Kadon Salter and he's never coming back and then i went Cooper Lega uh. and he still doesn't know where he is Ty Keyes was mixed in there as well. So I'm on QB like five or something at this point. And I grabbed Tanner Powell. I was like, Oh, he went for 300 yards the other week. Maxion." And I checked the box score and I see EMU's got a few touchdowns or whatever. Um, when I finally get my phone back uh, or get, yeah, get a chance to check some scores last week. And I'm like, Oh, they've got a few scores. Maybe some of them were through the air. I see the receivers are doing all like not too terrible. And I see that, Tanner Powell just didn't get anywhere near the, f- the field. Like, <laughs> I, I thought it was on me. Like, I don't see anything anywhere. No, di- nothing in discords. Not, I, twi- I, I search his name. It's Taylor Powell, not Tanner, right? Um, yeah. Search his name on Twitter. Literally nothing for like a week. I, I don't know. I guess he was hurt, but like the, the, it, it is such an EMU problem now that we're getting back into Do you Like, they're... Every single week, it's trying to figure out which of their receivers that oh, have been yes. digging up are actually going to play. I field. finally cut yeah. bait, cut
0: the bait with Baydoon. Like, I just... Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I held on to him probably three weeks too long. Yeah. And, like, I'm just thinking, you know, this guy was getting 12 to 15 catches a game last year. It felt like every game he was just... He would only have 90 yards, but he had, like, 13 receptions. And if I was going to get that volume, I said, he's worth keeping. Just for the volume alone. And then like this year he comes out first game. I think it's like two or three catches just the first game. And then like second game, third game, it was like not any better. I yeah. said, Oh, it'll turn around. It'll turn around. I'll, I'll just, I, I hate to drop him. And then he has his, his coming out party. Right. And It just <laughs> I held on to him way too long, but I have done better this year about cutting guys before, like maybe a week or two earlier than I would have Last the last couple years, like I'll hold on to guys way too long.
1: Interesting. It's, so it's, and it's at a detriment
0: this, to my team. I'm
1: like, yeah, so we I, should have this know. discussion on a on a future yeah. podcast I I've, I've thought about this recently about the different quadrants of like guy I believed in played poor poorly, guy I had no opinion about of broke out, um and like how I view and how I action on those different quadrants because I think mm-hmm. that. It's interesting to think about the differences in the greater construct of CFF.
0: I'll just say, just in our the dynasty we're in, we don't roster enough players to stash all the guys you like. Because eventually, if you stash all the guys you like and they aren't performing, you're not going to win.
1: Yeah, it's no annoying. Of... I I cut Tyler Harrell today. Finally, did you? Like, yeah. I don't know if you saw
0: my tweet um, a couple weeks ago. Somebody it looks like the beat writer down there said oh Tyler Harrell at practice today it's like a video and I said who else forgot about him like going into the year he was going to be like the number two right that was that was the the plan like it was Burton Harrell yeah. and then Burks I mean not Burks uh Brooks um Earl all those guys were all going to be falling in line well that's not how it played out uh, no. but anyway saying that you brought him up but back to the Mac
1: yeah, I so I am grateful for EMU taking down Arizona State and helping me cash the under on their win total, which hit this past Saturday. One of the few highlights of my my uh, Saturday from CFB perspective. So that, I'm very thankful to them for that. But I'm probably not going near that team. Uh, too, we're never. You're never going to get injury info on the weekdays out of uh, any source leading up to the game. There's always dumb injuries with that team, and it's not like I think you're going to get burned if you try and roster and attack them uh, more than you will profit from it. So, screw them. So um, I,
0: I saw some stat. I don't remember exactly what it was. It was about the I think the Pac-12. And it said something like they were like 120-1 and one versus <laughs> like unranked a non-conference or something like that. And the only loss was Arizona State to Eastern Michigan. Incredible. <laughs> I don't remember I... the exact stat, but it was something like that.
1: Not even in my wildest dreams did I think that that that, that we would get in, caught cash and L on that game. Like I was like, all right, like they're not they're not winning eight games here. There's no effing way. But <laughs> I didn't there's no way I thought that EMU was gonna go into to Tempe and take them down. So yeah. It's great.
0: That's a great win. Yeah. That's a great win, regardless of Arizona State. Like that's just a great win to go. Yeah. Um all right, well then Western Michigan. I know Ball State you you get Ball State and Miami Ohio mixed up,
1: right? That was that you yeah, that all, said that? Of course, all the time. I so much of what I do from a memory perspective come, like comes back there's a like there's probably a more articulate articulate way to describe it but like I I can, I can recall like uh scores and games that happened not so long ago or whatever on a specific day or whatever but some it comes back like the way that I process and the way I remember it has as much to do with what happened on the field as like the colors of the teams that play today, and like I don't know, um, it's like I don't know uh, the way that authors describe things in the books. Off in books, oftentimes there's a there's like a there's imagery and there's color scheme associated with what you're reading and uh, and stuff, and the, like the way that they describe. Them, like I don't know, I process sports from that perspective as well. Uh, but so that dovetails into why i think i, I mix up ball state in miami ohio all the time right same conference same color scheme
0: it doesn't help that they're like the same team like it's the same record all the time like right right like it doesn't help when they're when they're all like five and seven like it doesn't yeah. there's like no separation like if they were to play 10 times they'd probably each win five right yeah so
1: what do you want to talk about Western Michigan real quick? Yeah, They start with some true freshman at quarterback. His stats looked whatever. I, I haven't allocated the time that I should to like actually try and figure out if there's anything interesting uh, there. The running game doesn't seem like it's been overly efficient. Like Sean Tyler's done some stuff and Ladarius Jefferson's been popping in and out, like just missing games here and there and stuff. Corey Crooms, right. I feel like he could definitely do something, some, th- some action type things, but it seems like they're pivoting away or to- like pivoting toward st- like with this true freshman I think his skill set is more aligned with like running the ball so I feel like they're going to become less and less uh pass heavy so I don't know if I'm going to like so, if I'm going to try and target Western <laughs> Michigan receivers so
0: I didn't forget um you brought this up earlier this year like probably March February March like one of the first episodes um you were talking about Western Michigan and the running game and you brought up was it Zahir Abdul Salam? Yeah, he got carries last week, right? And I saw that, and I said, "Oh, here we go! It's it's heating up. Maxion times right around the corner. This might be it." But he's it only not, he's only got twenty seven. Right? He's got twenty seven carries for forty seven yards. It's not it. No.
1: He yeah. Actually, but, we, we allocated we as in me allocated like uh twenty minutes of a pod to talking about him. <laughs>
0: It was back in February or March, wasn't it? Like the bowl game didn't Yeah, like, I mean, go it's tough nuts. out
1: there, man. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. To no, it's, you
0: know, when we talk CFB, especially like it's February, like you're you're totally speculating something that's like six months out. Um, and you got guys that you're like, you know what? He finished a year strong. Why wouldn't we think that he's going to pick up where he left off? And a lot of times that just doesn't happen. Like, they just go back to where they, yeah. they know their role. You only got this opportunity because these guys were hurt. Now go sit down, right? Like, yeah. it just feels that way. Um, mm-hmm. Regardless of how you played, you look like Walter Payton out there, but if we don't care, not starting. But I, I wanted to bring him up because I, I remember you bringing him up in, uh,
1: early pod. Yeah.
0: Um, And well, then I guess Central Michigan, Northern Illinois, anybody, anything? Don't forget Ball State. So Ball, oh, Ball, State, State, is, Ball State
1: is awesome for – Not necessarily the exercise of looking for guys to add, but just they're very Kent State ish. Mm. You know where the ball's going. It's going to Jason, Jay Sean Jackson. It's going to Carson Steele. There's a couple other receivers that mix in more so than with Kent State, right? But those guys are going to get theirs. And like they are going to get that
0: sweet tight end too, right? Cozy all or whatever. Possibly. yeah
1: but jackson and carson seal are going to crown champions yeah. for fantasy this year and i think paddock can even be uh potentially a guy that if you're just like you're scrambling to figure out who to start it wouldn't surprise me if he goes for over 300 in watching this week like your passing game i i as we were drafting like he was the he was such a, a question mark for obvious reasons he sat behind uh What's his name? Drew played for like four years or whatever. We had no idea if he was gonna all we wanted him to be was competent so that we right. could draft Jason Jackson. Jason Jackson had uh, a respectable uh, draft slot. And I mean he has he has been. And I think that it we're gonna like that is. Uh, they are going to make for some fun action. I think they're yeah. going to score points, and we know where they're going to come from, so they're going to generate some nice fantasy outputs. All
0: right, so, Central. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, Central feels like it's just things are just heading in told direction, right? Yeah. Hopefully, Lou Nichols comes back uh, mm-hmm. yeah. and kind of saves face for the program, but him going down, Luke's down. I I don't. I have no idea if Bailey. Is uh Miles Bailey or whatever his name is is healthy at this point. He got pushed to the side when Luke's broke out. Um, let's look at that box score from last week real quick. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look like he got in. Dude, did you look at this box score, by the way? No. Um for CMU last week. So I guess something happened to Richardson because some dude named Jace Bauer comes in at quarterback in there. There was something that was interesting about him outside of him just being super DJ IronZ and throwing it 25 times and then running at 16 for 109. There was something else that caught my attention. I can't remember what it was, uh, but the, the the after Luke's got hurt, maybe it's maybe it was just this. So Luke's has seven carries. The guy, the running back who was filling in for Nichols, some guy named Jake tafelski has three carries. Richardson, who presumably started the game, had three, and then the quarterback has sixteen. So, uh, Bowling Green whipped them, uh, and I guess with uh, the running game being what it what it was, without their running backs needing to rely on this this Bauer dude, and presumably he's not a very good passer, even though he completed seventy two percent, but only for one hundred and eighty five yards on twenty five attempts. Right? Uh, I have a feeling things are unless they get healthy, things are going to be ugly. So, I don't know if I'm necessarily targeting them, though. it would be nice to maybe try and research Bauer a little bit more, uh, just because it, you know, I don't. I think it's unwise to judge a book on it by its cover. The first time you see a backup quarterback enter the field, just see him getting so many touches relative to the number of snaps is definitely a little interesting. Um, Northern Illinois. I mean, so who knows what's going to happen here, right? Lombardi out. Ethan Hampton out. Jordan Lynch's brother trying to make the offense somewhat productive, but like they have not been doing good things. I feel like recently, right. Uh, Only putting up 17 points against Ohio. Uh, Clearly little Lynch uh, is not adept at throwing the ball, considering Ohio was, is giving up like something like 350 yards a game passing. And they, they threw for 110 yards in that game. It's a, they, Northern Ohio is going to do what we think, right? From a running the like we can we at least know they're gonna be largely geared toward running the ball. It's gonna be a lot of whaley, a lot of brown. We're probably gonna see some annoying shit in terms of how the, the touchdowns get broken down between them and other parties that are running the ball. Um, but uh they're probably gonna put up some nuclear numbers, but who knows which one of them is gonna do what and yeah. how the touchdowns are gonna be distributed.
0: All right, so I want to. I know we talked about it's actually week 10, we're talking about Maxion, but I want to kind of close with week nine. Um, the games that you're watching this week. Um, we got a few Thursday night games. Chris's uh, Virginia Tech go to NC State. Uh, Louisiana plays at Southern Miss, SMTTT. Um, and then Utah at Washington State. That's tonight. In those games. So I've
1: been I have been betting a ton of stuff today, uh, for better or more likely for worse. T- like so, Tavian Thomas isn't playing tonight, and would you like to were, talk about him?
0: Okay, no, I'm kidding.
1: No, we I'm gotta going. save that for the pre- the premium pod. <laughs> yeah, um, that's for the
0: the the yeah premium the, page page, the Patreon. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, um, <laughs> but he so he's not playing tonight, and different sports books have been variably slow or quick at adjusting player props based on that reality uh last i checked at mm. like four today mm. maybe a little earlier barstool still had uh touchdown props with Tavion thomas as the the like minus 250 to score mm. which and all those things so most sites do it in a way where it's one-sided which means they have no uh like you can't bet no for most right, da- right right right. kings gives you the opinion the the option to bet no which is cool um but most of them do not, which means they have no incentive to make realistic lines, right? They just yeah. juice the shit out of them. But so they have Tavion and minus 250, but they still, even though they juice the shit out of it, it they st- they're still still like consideration in terms of how the other players are structured relative to how the heaviest, uh, yeah. the most likely guys to are. So when you they bake in that minus 250, everyone else on Utah is structured at odds that are artificially inflated. So and Micah Bernard, I mean, hopefully they don't do some fucking shit where um, Jalen Glover gets a ton of c- carries or something like it. I my, I assume Bernard's gonna get like seventy five percent of the snaps, and he's plus two twenty to score over there right now, which yeah. is pretty insane. So I've been I've been incrementally adding to that on different sites all day. Like Fanduel had him at plus one forty for a while, and I had some of I got some of that. Um, so and then. I was hitting uh, our boy Ben Wooldridge's pass over when it first came out on FanDuel. I, I should have hit, hit, hit it for more because it's gone up, but it opened at like 209 and changed. He's really good. I think he's really good. He's legit. Like it is The idea that we need to appeal to authority on a, who was initially declared QB1 at the start mm-hmm. of a season based on what happened in camp is just totally... Like, the, the Chandler Fields, Ben Wooldridge, uh the way that, that that's played out, totally just shoots a – Because I had
0: Fields. I grabbed him.
1: He's not good. And he sucks Wooldridge, Wooldridge is – like, he's a legitimate quarterback. Looked good against Ma- Marshall a, um, a couple weeks ago. 10 and TDs, then one pitch. Yeah, and then he absolutely torched Arkansas State last week. Uh, who knows? Like, this game tonight should be super interesting. They have and four I'm sure, rushing touchdowns. <laughs> I'm sure uh, Southern Mississippi can try and muck this game up but I still think Wildridge like he he should hit over 209 yards. So I I got a little bit of that and that that's most of the stuff I've been doing. A little bit of Utah money line. Yeah. You're you're big uh, you
0: got you got to ride with Utah at this point, right? Like you exactly, you've already yeah. got them to win the Pac-12 so you got to really yeah, get yeah. them to win every game. Um exactly. so Friday night is probably my game of the week and I, I don't know if you've heard but East Carolina is like one of my teams that I just love everything about them. Not really sure why I just do, but they play at BYU this week, Friday night. Friday I saw night. it, and I'm thinking, man, that's that's a good one. Um, let's see. Mm.
1: I tailed. Uh, I tailed uh, our boy Aiden Sanchez on that the over in that game. It opened the, or it, went, it was at 62, and I got it then, and it's at 63 and a half now. Right. There's gonna be so many points in that game, right? Yeah. Like BYU, did you see? that that dude uh tailgate tent uh tweeted out that they haven't they haven't forced a punt in like three weeks BYU? Uh, yeah Jeez. and e- ecu even i don't give a ton of credence to stopping jrp just because i think that like th- their offense is going to be so hot and cold just to, because of the yeah. way that they they run and the way the game plan right so i think that I don't. I don't think that that's so much a result of what ECU did, and it relates to how the how they'll play against BYU. So I think that game should be really fun. Should be a shootout. Yeah, should, should I, I definitely
0: think ECU. Like their three losses, they lost uh, week one by a point to NC State, and they lost by three to Navy, and they lost at Tulane, which I think Tulane is darn good,
1: right? Dude, people talk about them like they're really good, but Southern Miss uh took them out at Tulane. I, I think that it's a lot of more hopes and dreams okay, than it well, is what's actually happening there. Anyway, you, I think I think people are talking about it too much, dude. Like it's a nice story, but they're not that good. Okay.
0: Well I like this game. East Carolina yeah. BYU. Um and I guess the big games are on Saturday, Ohio State, Penn State. You think Penn State has a chance?
1: No. I, I took a shroud over passing yards of three Oh five and change three Oh five and a half. So the game, we um, talked
0: about TCU West, Virginia. But I'm trying to roll through these games and we were kind of running <laughs> long here. We're almost at an hour. Um, yeah. TCU West Virginia. Do you think this is the week that TCU finally bites the dust or do you handle business? West Virginia is not that good. Um,
1: I, w- I wouldn't bet. Donaldson West will be Virginia back though. Like, yeah, I, think he's I, don't think back. I don't think I'll be betting the West Virginia money. Line, so <laughs> we can leave it at that. Only seven
0: and a half, but all right. Uh, Syracuse, Notre Dame. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Oklahoma state, Kansas state. Nothing really jumps out at me other than. We're Kentucky. fine.
1: Let's close this out.
0: Kentucky, Tennessee. I, I, let me just run through them real quick. Uh, uh, and then Hawaii, the 10:59 or 11:59 kick um, against Wyoming. They've got two wins. We've picked them to win six or seven, I think. Um, but other than that, it's a pretty lackluster week in terms of games. That's why we went ahead and jumped to action next week. But so for all of you wondering, like, why did you guys just abandon Week Nine when action doesn't start till week? <laughs> But that's mainly why. So I hope you guys enjoy just the first Andrew and Zach pod since the first one. I guess that's it. So next week, guys. Later.